Space Gang, what's good? Thank you guys for tuning in today. Um, man, it's it's been a rough week, and it's only Wednesday. I only find it right that today we start this mini episode off with a moment of silence for Kobe Bryant. Alright, so the day Kobe passed, well, the day Kobe died in the chopper accident, it, if I'm being honest with you guys, it hurt, man. Like, that was a huge piece of my childhood. And I honestly thought when I got older, we was going to have Kobe around. So when I have grandkids and stuff, I could sit there, and when Kobe flashed on my TV screen, I was going to be able to be like, hey, <laughs> y'all see this cat right here? This cat is Kobe Bryant. He is the man that outdid Michael Jordan. He is the man that can still whoop up on all y'all favorite basketball players in the future. Like, right now, if you go to him right now, he going to. He'll give your players the business. I don't care how many three-pointers they made. When Kobe come through, when the Black Mamba come through with the crossover at the age of 68, they still going down. And he going to hit them with that jumper. And it's going to be lights out. They going home sad and mad because they got beat by the old man. Like, I, I had that speech. That rhetoric. That old man rhetoric. <laughs> in my mind, ready to uh, spew on to my grandkids in the future, man. I was really, I was really looking forward to that. And to find out and to see that we lost him at, at such, at the age of 41, I believe, and the lives he, he touched and the work that was unfinished. It's, if I'm being honest, man, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. And I want to look at this as I'm proud to have been able to witness the greatness and the history and everything that come along with the Black Mamba. Because, man, he was truly a great. And I know right now, and <laughs> I know a lot of people have been making this joke, but I know right now he probably crossed up Moses on the way in there. And then, and then gave Moses the business about his Jesus slippers. <laughs> but uh, I'm not going to really dwell too much on, on Kobe because I feel like my girl, Tiffany Red, did an excellent job. And um, I'm probably going to make sure I post her. In fact, no, no. In fact, I'm 100% sure I'm going to have her on the show uh, either in February or the month after. Because, man, I just, I want to pick her mind. And I, and if if things go the way I think they go, she'll be the first female on the show. Which is like, BK Spade's show history. So, <laughs> how dope would that be? But, um, I'm not going to really, 
I would like for you to go listen to her episode on Kobe because, man, she almost brought me into tears and I'm not one to cry over people I don't personally know. And which is nothing wrong with that if that's you. It's just for me. Um, it just doesn't work that way. But uh, that's enough about the mumble. I'm truly going to miss that guy just being in the space of sports and basketball. is is really heartbreaking. But uh, I think we're going to move on really quick to my last point of the episode. And we're going to talk about the Robert Downey Jr. situation. Like, they coming for my man Tony Stark. Or Tony Starks, as Key Appeal <laughs> would put it in one of their skits, which is like the dopest skit on the show. Robert Downey Jr. was an actor. He had some issues back in the day, and his career was seemingly over. Come back to what? 2005, 6, 7, 8, 2008. And Iron Man, Disney took a chance. John Favreau was directing Iron Man. He got Tony Starks. <laughs> and uh, he got Robert Downey Jr. to play Tony Starks, which, Tony Stark, which is the role fit him so well. It was so amazing. Uh, it pretty much launched. The whole MCU on this man's back. This fell well. This this outcast actor has a has an amazing comeback, and it sprouted a multi billion. It put Marvel back on the map. So that being said, what's going on? If you don't know, if you've been living under a rock, uh, Tony. Robert Downey Jr. did a movie called Tropic Thunder, which is still personally one of my favorite movies. It's like top 25 of my favorite movies of all time. And in the movie, he plays an actor. I think his name was Lazarus something. I can't remember right now. I'm sorry. And... Lazarus was an Australian actor. And he decided that he wanted a role in the Tropic Thunder movie that they were basing on the book within the movie. So he went, underwent skin pigmentation surgery to become a black man. And let's preference this part too. It was ridiculous. He looked ridiculous. The role was ridiculous, which is the point of the role. The point of the role was, let's put this actor, this Australian actor, in blackface, basically. And then have all the other, let's make him look like the most ridiculous person of all time. Like his skin looked patchy. It wasn't an attempt at racism, people. In fact, if... If it was, the people you should get mad at is the studio, Ben Stiller, because I think 
he pretty much wrote the movie as well, or one of the writers, because you know it's Ben Stiller, it was his movie. Like, the producers, there are a whole lot of levels to be angry about the blackface thing than <laughs> Robert Downey Jr., honestly. In fact, let's go back further. Like, this movie was so long ago, it was after his comeback. But it was still so long ago. It's ten, what five, eight, ten years ago, something like that. And he does it. it Robert Downey Jr. does an interview on Joe Rogan, where he was talking about the role, and the news picks it up. And in fact, I remember seeing this interview, or at least him talk about it a, a long time ago. This is not a new interview. But now the media picks up on it and now we're all outraged. Not we, because I'm not. But everybody's outraged. So let's talk about it from this point of view. Robert Downey Jr. is an actor who was playing an actor within a film. The actor in the film decided to do blackface. All the other actors around him, for the most part, the film itself made sure that it called him out on his hypocrisy. See, that's the part everybody's missing. It's like, oh, an actor is in blackface. I got to be mad because somebody told me to be mad about it. No, don't do that. Like, pay attention to the context in which you're being mad about. We talked about this type of thing. In my last show, or show before last, when I said, don't just read the title, click the article, and read the article. This is the same thing. Don't just read the title, click the article. Don't just look at the what's on the face of this. Dig deeper. Think for yourself. How many movies have you seen about Jim Crow minstrel shows that had an actor who was playing a Jim Crow style actor, a stage performer, where the stage performer put on blackface to entertain the masses because they didn't want black people to be on stage. That's a whole nother thing. But it makes sense to do that because, A, you can't do that without a white actor. <laughs> so at some point, for historical context in this situation, a white actor had to play a white racist actor who put on blackface. This is the same thing that Robert Downey Jr. did. An actual white actor, because the role called for an actual white actor playing an Australian, blonde, blue-eyed, white actor in blackface. People, this is not anything to be outraged about. Even within the movie, like I said before, you had Brandon T. Jackson. That's my guy. Anyway, <laughs> I wish I knew him personally because he seemed like a really cool dude. Anyway, but uh, we had Brandon T. Jackson continuously call out the ridiculousness of him getting that role over him because he said the one good black role in this film, you got it. 
That was Brandon T. Jackson's character, by the way, for those that's not keeping up. His character said that within the movie, to Lazarus, I mean, and even Lazarus himself, at the by the end of the movie, spoiler alert, realized how ridiculous he was being. He had lost his mind in the role. He actually thought he was a black guy. That's how ridiculous. It was social commentary, people. It's, it's social commentary on blackface in historical context. It's social commentary on people who think they could be black in today's society without repercussions. And I'm not trying to be like on my racial soapbox and, or anything like that at all. I just want you to understand the context in which your outrage is coming. Because it makes no sense to be mad about this. All right. So those are my my talking points for today. Thank you for listening. Remember to follow us on Twitter at the BK Space Show and follow our Facebook group on the BK Spades podcast. One more thing before I break away. Space Gang, keep your vibes positive today. I'm out. Be cool.